Welcome to The Lost Glory on Premier Radio. My name's David Marquis and we're continuing our series now by looking at Greek influence or biblical truth in the area of creativity. If you have ever intended a lecture on the history of music in Western culture, you'll have seen that all through the ages men and women of learning have looked back to Greece when trying to identify the origins of music. Many of the attitudes of Western civilization towards music and the behavior of creative people can be traced back to Greek thought. Also, because the church has historically failed to assert its legal ownership of the creative arts, the influence of secular culture upon church music has been insidious. The Greeks loved knowledge and carried out extensive studies on the nature of music and sound. Greek thought and mythology ascribed a divine origin to music. They thought that their gods had conceived music and gave names to the inventors, Apollo, Amphion and Orpheus. In this ancient world, they recognised the spiritual power of music. People thought it could heal sickness, purifying the soul and mind and work miracles in the realm of nature. Basically, they had some things right in their assumptions. They were just confused about the inventor. The Bible tells us that indeed Saul's madness was healed while David played the harp. The walls of Jericho fell when the people walked around them, blowing their trumpets, and the enemies of Jehoshaphat were thrown into confusion by worship. God can use music powerfully to accomplish his plans. During the lifetime of Greek poet Homer, Credited as the author of Greek mythical epics, the Iliad and the Odyssey, it was common to sing poems at banquets depicting battles. From earliest times, music was part of a religious ceremony. The singing of poetry, accompanied by reed pipes, was used in the worship of Dionysus. It is thought that from this, the concept of Greek drama was developed, and this in turn led to the development of many virtuoso artists. Even at this very early stage, a controversy began that still rages in the church to this day. Some people would say that the most important thing was the spirit of the music being played, and others would say that it was essential to be accomplished on one's instrument. These two camps were always debating about whether it was better to be a good technical musician or a good feeling musician. Surely, a worshipper who has skill and has an intimate love relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ brings greater glory to God, and it's about time we had both. Does this sound familiar to you? Well, allow me a small digression. While we're discussing it, I would like to say that there's nothing wrong with striving for excellence in worship. God delights in excellence. Just look at the many wonderful colours he paints in a sunset or a beautiful flower. And we are called to reflect his glory too. There are elements within the church that seem afraid to use excellence, extravagance or performance simply for their own sake. Yet God entertains us continually with the staggering abundance of nature. And I think it's okay for us to entertain others too. We shouldn't be ashamed of excellence. Please do not let us marginalise countless artists, poets, dancers and musicians by banning the element of gifted excellence from our theology of worship. The problem is never with excellence, it's always with the inability that artists have from time to time to give the glory back to God. Our problems begin when, as artists, we receive worship for ourselves and fail to give God the credit for the effective use of our gifts. That doesn't mean we should continually apologise for our gifts or put ourselves down, 
but simply seek always to honour Jesus. True humility, someone has said, is drawing oneself up to one's full height, fully acknowledging all our gifts and abilities, and realising how small is our greatness compared to Almighty God. And also, if we practice false humility, God doesn't get any return on his investment, so it's better to be good as you can for him. Now let's resume our study and continue to think about the influence Greek culture has exerted on us. The Greeks were totally absorbed with the pursuit of truth and beauty. They loved knowledge and they discussed and criticised every form of art in order to try to understand more about it. The effect this has had upon us because we absorbed their philosophy into our Western culture is that we too in the West have become very critical and more concerned with rationalising and debating than appreciating beauty for its own sake. We've also lost sight of the true origin of music, which always had its roots in worship. In fact, the history of our Western art, music and modern culture rightfully begins with the Christian church. It is said in some Jewish synagogues even today and believed in the Jewish mindset that God's people were the original genius musicians and artists because God had touched their minds and their hearts in a spectacular way. This is the church's true and great heritage, but Satan himself has vehemently resisted it. Throughout history is conceived various programs designed to drive creativity and art from the church. So then, the purpose of music has always been to express our worship to the Creator. Remember the morning stars singing before the throne of God at the dawn of creation. These fallen angels are now the principalities and powers that are raised against us, and they are still able to sing their song of creation. The gifts and callings of God are irrevocable, so these angels are still singing. Think about this for a moment. What makes a musical sound? It is the vibration of moving air. One of Satan's titles is the Prince of the Power of the Air, in Ephesians 2, verse 2. He knows how to corrupt the airwaves perfectly. He has been using music to undermine truth in society and all our cultural value systems. Perhaps you think this is a strong statement. And yet every second of the day, airwaves the world over are filled with hypnotic rhythms accompanied by lyrics that preach a humanistic, atheist, relativist gospel that is drip-fed constantly into our souls. 2 Corinthians 4 verse 4 says, Whose minds the God of this age is blinded, who do not believe, lest the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine on them. The world is busy singing the same creation anthem as the fallen angels. It's time for us Christians to realise that we've been robbed and deceived. Not only have we been fed the lie that either the devil or man originated music rather than God, we've also fallen prey to a conspiracy spread around by the enemy that Christian artists are somehow second-class citizens and cannot use art and music as effectively as our enemy. This is the big lie, that as Christian artists we are not as good as those in the world who are singing this song of creation. Most Christian artists will immediately identify with that concept and will more than likely have felt second class themselves at some point. And yet the Bible insists that God has revealed things to us that angels long to look into. They long to understand the things that we know and look into things that we as born-again children of God have seen. Surely we have a song to sing that the angels know nothing of. When someone is born, they receive the gifts of God as natural abilities. 
Whether you're a Christian or not, you can still play the guitar. You don't have to be a Christian to play the drums. You don't have to be a Christian to paint, write, sculpt, or play the piano. The creative gift is there. It is a gift given by God at the dawn of your creation. However, unless you've been redeemed by the blood of the Lamb, you will only be able to sing the same song as those fallen angels. Unless you've been saved by the Lord Jesus Christ and have come into a relationship with the living God, you'll never be able to sing a better song. The world is full of talented, gifted artists, but how many are struggling to make sense of the world and having little or no success? But as a child of God, you have a better song to sing and the power of God's Holy Spirit to help you sing it. As a Christian artist, you are part of the only company of people on the face of the earth uniquely qualified to worship God. You're not second best. You have the potential to rise up and sing, act, compose and reflect God's glory. This is the restoration of glory, the thing that satisfies the heart of the creative person. That is why, it's, that is why it is so important for creative people to worship the giver and not the gift. This is completion. This is your destiny, the creative use of your gift under the anointing of God. This is what you were born for. Lucifer knows this because he is music and art and is still full of carnal cleverness, which used to be wisdom. But the ownership of art, music and all forms of creativity always did and always will belong to God. He is the rightful owner and part of our inheritance in Christ is to rediscover how our God-given gifts can be fully utilised in worshipping him. Despite every attempt of the enemy to rob the church of these powerful tools, they remain and are rightfully ours. Let us seek to harness the immense power lying dormant within the body of Christ and rise up in warfare until we see the lost glory restored. Ludwig van Beethoven, the famous composer, said this, What is to reach the heart must come from above. If it does not come from thence, it will be nothing but notes, body without spirit. How true that is. The incredible communication that music has with the spirit of mankind is very, very powerful. And so God in this day and age is calling us to seek his face diligently and discover our giftings and callings in him inevitably there will always be an area of creativity to discover within us because we are made in the image of God. God himself is the creator. You know, I, I remember just to close uh, in the very early days, uh, I told you the story uh, about, my, uh, about my experience with my parents at school. Uh, when I was at school, it was thought that the desire to be a professional artist uh, was not really a proper job. And uh, it stopped me for many years thinking about um, fulfilling that sort of desire. Um, however, uh, thanks to encouragement from uh, certain people, uh, my wife uh, included, uh, we set out on a wonderful voyage of discovery. It's my prayer for you all out there uh, that you will discover your God-given calling and your God-given gifts. It, it must include a huge area of creativity because after all you were made in the image of God so thank you so much for uh, joining me on this broadcast uh, if you want to continue dialogue over this uh, vital subject contact me at Folly's End in the meantime thank you so much for joining me take care of yourselves 
and be kind to one another. And don't forget, you can download all of these episodes as a podcast from our website, www.folliesend.org.